Are you ready to live your best life, be stronger, and fall in love with yourself? It's possible, and it's inside you, but you need to unlock the power within. Welcome to Fearlessly Authentic with Jody Harrison Bauer. Jody used to be afraid to take risks. It took some stepping out of her comfort zone to get her there. Along with her guests and their stories, Jody will help you to live your best life ever. Now, here's your host, Jody Harrison Bauer. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Fearlessly Authentic. I'm your host, Jody Harrison Bauer, and it is such an honor to have you joining me today for this episode of Fearlessly Authentic. I am so grateful for my guest today. We have known each other for a while and we've never connected in this way. And it just, it sort of just happened organically, which is the way I like things to happen. And so you are in for a treat today. We are going to be talking about joy and happiness and the difference between the two and so much more. But I just wanted to thank you once again for joining us. This is the place where we educate, empower, entertain you a bit and inspire you to live your most fearlessly authentic life. Please remember to rate, review and subscribe. And if you are looking to check us out, you can check us out on YouTube at Jody Harrison Bauer and all my social platforms at Jody Harrison Bauer and the Fearlessly Authentic Podcast. And I think that is it with my housekeeping. I don't like to talk too much at the beginning because it's all about my guests. So welcome to the show, Sherry Elise. Oh, Jody, thank you so much for having me on the show. I was so happy you asked me to be. So thank you. Yeah, no, the the pleasure is all mine. I want to introduce you to our listeners right now. For those of you who do not know Sherry Elise, she is known as America's Joy Magnet. Sherry Elise is a TV host, two-time TEDx speaker, best-selling author of Love Yourself Happy, and is on a mission to spread joy globally. With over two decades of experience in the entertainment and wellness industry, Sherry is a leading voice in the joy space. Sherry's expertise and relatable approach have made her a sought-after and regular guest expert on ABC, CBS, Fox, and NBC, and has been featured in Thrive Global, Medium, and Huffington Post, to name a few. Sherry has hosted and produced multiple TV and radio shows, including her most recent show, The Joy Spot, and her brand new in-studio talk show, Good Morning Joy, is set to premiere in the fall. Her shows have featured top guests like Neil Donald Walsh, Dr. Joe Vitale, Daniela Port, and more. Pivoting off her personal media success, Sherry is a media consultant who helps her clients book TV news segments so they can have a greater impact in their business and grow their personal brands. Sherry's work has touched the lives of thousands of people, and her message of joy continues to resonate with audience audiences around the world. Sherry believes that in the radical love and acceptance of ourselves, we truly can live a life of joy. Wow. I mean, that's a lot that it's not easy to do what you're doing. And yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I, when I, I've read your bio a couple of times, of course, and I've just been doing a deep dive on you, even though I know you, but I don't know you that well in that, in that way. And, you know, listening to your life experiences and the trauma that you've experienced, you know, we always go back to what we learned when we were in that group together, right? Your message is your message. And I I say that all the time, maybe not in those words, but it, it was so crystal clear when I heard those words. And I'm sure that when you were 
a seven-year-old little girl, you you never thought that you would be spreading joy, right? No, uh, actually, joy was probably the furthest from my mind at that time. Right. Uh, the only thing that I did know was that I felt I I knew that what had happened to me that I did not want to be a victim my entire life. That was the very clear from a young age that I did not want to harp on this, that I did not want to obsess about, and that I actually wanted to move through it. Um, But that journey, of course, uh, wasn't that clear and that easy and that smooth. And the fact that joy has resulted because of that is a beautiful gift and a blessing. And one, as you said, right when we started, like just about not being easy, not an easy journey, it hasn't, but it feels like it's my purpose. Yeah. I I mean, we always talk about purpose and so many people, I know younger people, you know, it happens at all different ages, but my speaking to a lot of women, my daughter's ages, they're in their thirties that they're struggling with what's, you know, over 30, what's my purpose now? Maybe they don't like their corporate job anymore. And that is what define them. And we get so stuck on what defines us and it actually ends up confining us. And for myself being 62 and not feeling confined or defined by my age is something that I talk about often because I don't want fit women to feel stuck. So let's start with how you define joy. So joy for me is the connection to ourselves. It's the full expression of ourselves. Joy, I have multiple definitions, but they all relate. Joy is a state of being. It is who we are. And we get to tap into that feeling of joy when we are fully connected to ourselves, which goes right in alignment with the work that you do about being fearlessly authentic, about being fully ourselves. And every time that we are in alignment with our truth and with ourselves, that's when joy rises. And people confuse joy and happiness. How do you separate the two? How do you discuss them? How does somebody understand the difference between joy and happiness? Because even when I'm describing maybe an emotion or how I want people to feel, I do sometimes say, I want you to feel joyful and happy. Yeah. So I'd like to know what you think is the difference. Yeah. So they're definitely interchanged so much. And there even hasn't, you know, when I was researching, even for my own TEDx talk, there's not a lot of research on happiness and joy. There's only a little bit out there. What we do know is that happiness and joy each affect the nervous system differently. So we know even that they, they land in different places. Happiness, I always say is usually most often, I don't want to use the, the alls or the nevers, but based on external circumstances, external things that happen. So it's usually that fleeting thing. Like I just won the lottery, right? Mm, (laughs) I'm so happy. Or we're going on vacation. I'm so happy. And there's usually something attached 
to it. So I feel happy when this one thing is happening. Joy, as I said, is a state of being. So it's usually attached to the internal. So when we go within, we come to see that there is this feeling of a being of who we are, of a peace. An easy way to describe it, it sounds very like visceral right now or surreal, but an easy way and an example that I like to give is if you imagine life as a dinner table and happiness is what's being served to you on the table and joy is what you bring to the table. Mm. And so, yeah, we we never have to, and, and one's not better than the other. You know, they're all, I I say that happiness is a feeling, it's an emotion and joy is the state of being. We get, every time we turn inward, it's, it's the best way for people, I think, really to understand it is when we think about kids, right? We usually always immediate, immediately think of children and their joy and yeah. And, and it's what we're born with. And what often happens is that as we grow in life, happens and the people around us happen, that natural joy that was never dependent on anything else, it was just there, starts to get dimmed and taken away. So it it feels like the joy has always been there. Right. I want to go back to uh, one of your TEDx talks that you did. I'm not sure the year, but it's, I think, within the last two years. Um, You were at Syracuse? Yes, that was last year. I think it was January. January, April. I'm like, is it this year? These times go so. I I know, I know, and it was so powerful. I mean, all of the everything that I've heard you do is so Mm -hmm. powerful. Uh, But you talk about. I'm getting chills as I'm setting this up for you. Um, You talk about that you were working a lot of different jobs, and you would go. You started lighting candles in your apartment now. And you said, you know, this is what sad people do, or, you know, it's true, it's true. Like, I remember when I was going through my divorce over 20 years ago, making a big bath in the jacuzzi back when people had jacuzzis in their bathroom and uh, and lighting all the candles and my ex-husband coming in and going, what are you doing? And I'm like, I, 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 I'm meditating. I didn't know I was meditating, but that's what I was doing because I was sad and I needed to be reflective. And so you talked about being in this apartment and the four walls. And I would really love for you to share that with everybody right now. It's that was powerful, Sherry. Yeah. Um, hmm. It takes me back because I could still get emotional about it because I was young. I must've been, it was, I was probably about 22, 23. I was in my early twenties, 25, maybe. Uh, and I was living in New York City and I was a struggling actor. Well, I wasn't struggling yet. I was pursuing acting and I was I was waitressing at the time. And I was just so excited about life and about this idea of becoming a star. And um, but I was struggling inside and I had been through this big heartbreak and uh, I, I had just discovered um, I had just discovered almost I don't even know if you would call it spirituality, but self-help. And yeah, and I was reading books at the time and every night, because because of this heartbreak that I was going through, I, I, I wanted to learn more. Like I knew that there was more for myself. I knew there was better for me and I just didn't know what that better looked like. 
And so I was reading this book by Neil Donald Walsh called um, Conversations with God. And I would just set up my whole room because I was so sad. <laughs> I'm just laughing now because was, I was so sad. And I just, it felt very, you know, especially for an actress, it was very dramatic. And I, yes. you know, I, I set up all the candles in the room and I had a journal and I was like, okay, now is the time to be sad. <laughs> right. <laughs> Completely. And I'm going to reflect and, and write and just, you know, sit in this. And, um, over that time that I started reading this book, what had begun to open up for me was this awareness that there was more than what I was seeing. There was more that was out there beyond the lens that I was seeing life through. And what that did, the lens that I was seeing life through, which I called the four walls that my mind was confined in, was one wall of shame, one wall of guilt, one of mistrust, and one of fear. And it's like my brain, my mind lived within these four walls. And so everything that I saw, all of life was filtered through those lenses. But I didn't know it because that's all I ever knew since I was seven years old. And what happened was, you know, reading this book just exposed me to the fact that there was this other way to see life, that I wasn't confined by these walls, which of course I didn't even know at the time were that. And so just little by little, the journey began where once I understood that there was more, that there really was more out there, because I had always known it internally. I didn't know what that looked like, but there was, it was always like this North Star to, to lead through. Right. And, you know, I've, I've talked to lots of people about like that. It's almost like that gut feeling of knowing, you know, there's more, you know, there's a quote unquote better life for you. And you know, deep down, you're not going to be this sad forever, but you don't know how to get out of it. And you sit in these, you know, either literal or figurative four walls. I mean, I've been in places like that. I, I didn't have the same trauma you had. And I do want to talk about that after this. But, you know, I've, I've, I've gone through stuff. I mean, I'm 62. Of course, I've gone through shit. I've gone through a lot. And, you know, you know, you're like, wait a minute. I know there's there's something more for me outside of these walls, but I don't know how to get through them. And I don't know if I can. And you also talk about the familiarity, which I think so many people can understand is the familiarity of staying in those feelings, having the mistrust, being fearful, um, and not taking a step because you also take the audience into you get you open up the window you sit on the sill and there you sit for mm -hmm. like a couple more years because we're like oh yeah i recognize all of these things and i am i think i'm ready to do something but then we i i think it's fear that paralyzes us but is it the unknowing well that that's where the fear comes from is okay. the unknowing okay. yeah like that it's because our brains, as you know, like they want to create that safety for us. You know, they like the known. Our brains do not want to go to the unknown because it feels unsafe. And so even if we're in these places in our lives that that we know are not good, we're so used and like and familiar with that feeling that it feels 
better to stay there. You know, I, I, I think I mentioned in the talk about the, you know, the security blanket, mm-hmm. right? It's like rat, it's all ratted and tattered. There's holes in it and everything, but we hold on to it because it's what we know. And it's not until for some of us years, we, we sit there in that place and then have the courage to then take that step to put that one leg out over the windowsill. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And for me, that's how it was. Like, so I started discovering all these things in my twenties and I was like, Oh, okay. Like, and that was, that was the step that I needed at that time to open myself that there is more, but I wasn't ready to just yet go for that more Um, because it, it was too scary. And I didn't know what life would look like if I felt good on the inside, I didn't know what life would look like if I trusted people. I didn't know what that would look like. And so I was really familiar with what mistrust felt like and fear. Um, and so, yeah, we absolutely do stay in those places. Yeah. Fear is a really paralyzing thing. It's, it has, that's why I named the show Fearlessly Authentic because it wasn't until 20 years ago when I took that bold step to step out of the relationship that I was in and and live a fearlessly authentic life. And it's not always easy. We're always going, okay, hi, fear. You're here again. You're here. Really? You have to be here again? <laughs> like, how much stronger can I get? Like, damn it, I'm strong already. And then you want yeah. me to always be myself too? Like, come on, come on, <laughs> come on. You're asking too much of me. But it's, yeah. it's we don't get stronger if we don't keep pushing ourselves. So I... I've referred to this already a few times, but I want to go back to what sort of shaped you, rooted you, got you to where you where you were and where you are now. So what happened to you when you were that little girl, seven? Yeah. So when I was uh, seven, my my sister, my older sister was going with her friends off to the beach for the day and being like the younger sister that I am, like I wanted to tag along. And so my mom said to my sister, you know, Sherry has to go with you. And so my sister's, you know, she was going with her friend's family and her friend's family took me along. And um, I was left in the care of somebody there at the beach, I guess that was a regular kind of person, the local fisherman that they had seen all the time that was always there. Um, And so this family left me with them and um, he had sexually molested me uh, while, you know, yeah. And what was interesting in, there's so many parts of the story. So what was interesting is in, in the time that that had happened, there was this, I guess you could say disconnect, of course, like so many people go through during trauma, but there was also this beautiful peace that was within that the only way I ever know how to describe it is God is light was something that just kept assuring me that I would be okay. And I didn't understand that except that I I just knew that and I you know disconnected from everything else I did try to reach out for help um without saying that during that time and when you know he had left me with you know don't tell anybody if you do I'm gonna kill your parents your like the whole thing like how you hear about and I knew 
I don't know why I knew at seven years old, but that I had to say something. And so on the car ride home, I was trying to tell my sister, but she was with her friends. So she didn't want to hear. And um, we got back to the house and my mom had noticed that there was something off about me. And so I was talking with my sister in the bathroom trying, she was nine, I was seven, trying to tell her what happened. And my mom was eavesdropping around the corner. Um, And so once she heard, we called the police um, and we went and basically went through a whole trial. And so I had to testify at seven years old in a courtroom. um, And we we prosecuted him. He got got put in jail, whole nine yards. And so there was just this journey of coming to terms with how using my voice could help people because they found out he had done this to a lot of girls. And so I saved what they called saved. And, you know, I was a hero. Of course, I didn't feel like that. Um, But how using my voice could help people, but then also could hurt them because there was a guilt that came along with putting someone in jail. There was a guilt, like there was a, this thing that I had done something wrong. So my journey has really led to coming to peace and to power with my own voice and how to use it for good. And that journey has led to to find myself to to reconnect as i always say back to myself because i feel like at 7 years old i disconnected from my joy right i would um, i would think so um some that happened to my younger sister when she was about 5 next door neighbor mm. and you know my parents called same thing called the police um he was put in jail he was like 15 years old or something like that uh but just horrible um and that you do disconnect i've noticed it you know she's just two years younger than me and mm-hmm. uh probably hasn't done the work that she should have but i i noticed growing up that the disconnect if i could look back and so how the fact that you disconnected and i think so many people who are listening right now could understand that have have gone through some type of trauma in their childhood and can relate to disconnecting. I mean, I'm thinking of a few things even in myself where I didn't, wasn't what you went through, but other things. Mm -hmm. And you do disconnect because we don't want to feel, right? Because the hardest thing for us to do is feel because it hurts too much. And it's not until we become adults and start having relationships that it 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 shows its ugly head and it reminds us of what we did, what happened to us, our experiences. And we have to, at some point in our lives, face it head on, right? Absolutely. So for me, disconnection, what that looked like was how I had mentioned how I said I didn't want to be a victim, right? Like I knew that, that I was not going to let someone else um, take my power away. And so for disconnection, what that looked like to me was always being happy. And I mm. use the word happy, not joyful, was always being the life of the party, always being the exuberant, outgoing one that um, was just, that's who I was going to be. And what ends up transpiring is year, you know, when I moved to Los Angeles to become a star, I was waiting tables again. And someone looked at me at it and they, in passing said, what do you have to be so happy about? And I remember walking away from the table. And first, my first thought was, well, because I'm not you, um, because they were miserable. Right. But my, my second thought was, am I really happy? 
And I really had to look at it because when I looked at my life, I was in toxic relationships. I had a very unhealthy relationship with my body. I was hanging out with a lot of men. Like I was doing all of the things that weren't a ha- what a happy person would do. So I really had to start reflecting on what that looked like. And we call those distractions, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Complete, yeah, complete numbing, distractions, all of the things because I didn't want to feel uh, my feelings. And so over, you know, which I'm sure we can get to because there's some cool stories in there, but like over the journey um, from that moment on, finding and discovering what joy really was, being led from heartbreak to falling in love with myself, um, to having these supernatural, what people would call supernatural moments Um, where things showed up for me that ultimately led me back to myself was the trajectory from disconnect to total connection and falling in love with myself, the truth of who I am. And that's not easy. You mentioned the word journey. We use the word journey a lot these days. And I think that it, the journey, we all have our story, right? We all have a story to tell. Our mess is our message. If you want to share that story, if you want to share that journey, but only a few brave people can do the work to look inward, to have the ability to share their story so they can help other people. That's what I feel like you are doing. Ooh, yes. And a yes to having to be brave to look within. And what it came down for for me was I was so tired of living the same situation over and over again, wanting more for myself, knowing there was more for myself, not doing anything about it, finding myself in the same kind of relationship, different clothes or the same circumstance. And so it finally came to the point was, do you want to continue living this circle, this cycle for the rest of your life? Or do you want to jump off the hamster wheel? And that was really what it it came down to. And so, yeah, it was a journey and it still is. And I right. want people to know that it still is those thoughts, those things all still show up, but now I'm aware of them and I know how to handle them. Well, we are going to take a break right now um, just for a few minutes. So stay with us, everybody. And we're going to come back and I want you to share some of those stories uh, about what you've gone through and what's led you to be so self-aware right now. So we will be back in a few minutes with Sherry Elise. See you in a few minutes. A little birdie told me Voice America is on Twitter. Follow us at Voice America TRN. Men are currently in a mental health crisis. Suicide, addiction, and loneliness are on the rise. Men need mentorship community and guidance on the men's therapy podcast with mark azule you'll hear from experts on topics that men care about the most financial health relationships fitness emotional management and lifestyle design listen live every friday at 11 a.m pacific time and 2 p.m eastern time on the voice america empowerment channel If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and entertained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Listen for our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with our host, Cynthia Bryan. Then on Sundays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, Teens Talk and the World Listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Play with 
with us at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com and the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Where can you listen to some of the world's top life coaches ready to dish out success tips and entrepreneurial guidance? The Voice America Empowerment Channel will do just that. Whether it's personal growth, building a better business, or inspirational life stories, make it a daily habit to tune into our programs. From weight loss and personal branding to law of attraction and increased happiness, you'll find it every day at VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You are listening to Fearlessly Authentic with Jody Harrison Bauer. We'd love to hear from you with any questions or comments you may have. Send an email to info at jodyharrisonbauer.com. That's info at jodyharrisonbauer.com. Now, back to Fearlessly Authentic. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Fearlessly Authentic with my fabulous and fearless guest, the joy magnet herself, Sherry Elise. Welcome back. Here we go, Sherry. Here we go. (laughs) Here we go. We were talking before the break um, about a story that you wanted to share with us. And um, the story that I want to hear you talk about is when you you had a conversation with your seven-year-old self. Yes. So as I mentioned, and we talked about, you know, the windowsill, the the escaping, you know, the, the prison of our minds and taking that step over the windowsill. So at that moment in time, back in my 20s, I opened up the door for there to be more in life um, and I and, and the journey, right? So going back to understanding more of who I was, but also still that not full connection with self. And so I often didn't think about the trauma and what had happened to me. And I was living here in LA and I was heading to work to go away tables and just a normal, typical day. And as I was driving, uh, no, before I got into the car, I was taking a shower to go to work. And all of a sudden, um, I started having flashbacks from that day at the beach. And I never really thought about it. Or when I did, it was always from a disconnected, like someone watching someone else's right, movie. Like a like, movie, is, right. Yeah, totally. And how, how old were you around this time? You're in your 20s? No, no, no. So this was probably, I would say, like 10 years ago now. Okay. So yeah, in my 30s, almost. Yeah. Okay. I'm 49. I've got like, <laughs> you know, you could talk about wait, being- when are you, Wait, when are you going to be 50? When are you going to be 50? <laughs> Next year. Oh, okay. I just turned 49 last month. So Okay. Happy yeah. happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. Um. So yeah, so it was probably a decade ago. And So I had thought about it over the time. Like I said, I've talked about it, but it was always from a very, from an outside perspective. But this particular day, for whatever reason that it was time, um, all of the memories from that day started coming back to me in the shower. And so um, I just started bawling and I was crouched on the floor of my shower and I just couldn't stop the tears um, from falling. And so, but I knew that I had to go to work. So I was heading to work and I just... I pulled over to the side of the road because I was really losing it. Mm. And I called my manager at the time and just words fumbled out of my mouth. Um, That probably didn't make much sense except abuse and memories. Mm. And she said to me, Sherry, go home, go home, take time for yourself. Um, And she was like, she was such an angel that day because I had so much, 
it was such this like wanting to be the good girl always. Yes. And so even to call out to work, I didn't want to do that. And so someone just giving me permission at that time to just take care of yourself yes. was everything. Right. So I drove home and I turned on my computer and there was a pop-up ad for Sedona. Um, if anyone knows Sedona, Arizona, and I had never been to Sedona before. All I knew was that there was like these vortex type spiritual things that are supposed to be healing. And I've always been one to believe in signs. And this was literally a blinking sign on my computer. Right. And so I said, I'm going to go because what for me, road trips and getting out on the road was this thing for my soul that just feels free. Travel has always felt that way for me. Anyway, I headed to Sedona and I was like, I'm going to get all of this out of me. Like once again, I was back to, you know, the New York City apartment and the candles and the dramatic. I'm like, yes. I'm going to go to Sedona and I'm going to heal everything. And so I was listening to all the sad music along the road, along the drive to Arizona. And on my last day there in Sedona, so everything had happened beforehand. I was like searching, like, where is this healing going to happen? And what vortex, you know, waiting for the moment. Right. You want it to happen. Yeah. And Life has a funny way of when you want something, it doesn't give it to you, but then it shows it in other ways. So there was this moment where I'd gotten lost on the trail and I was like, I found my way back with like a little bit of water. And so I, I talked myself into that that was the big thing. I figured out my strength and all that. And so I was like, all right, well, I guess this is why we came here. And so I was heading out of Sedona and there was this last vortex there. Um, and it was the one I didn't want to go to because it sounded boring. It was called the airport vortex. Okay. And I was like, well, what's, what kind of healing is going to happen to there? And so I got to the top of it and it was supposed to have the, mo the most scenic view. And so there I was taking a picture of it, taking it all in and going, all right, we'll go back to LA. I turned around to head back to my car. And when I turned around there sitting up against the red rock was my seven-year-old self. Now, it's going to sound crazy to people, but as real as I'm here talking to you, there she was, there I was in my camp clothes mm. and these little blue shorts, the white knee-high socks with the double blue stripes around them, you know, from the 70s. Mm -hmm. yep. And I looked at her and she looked at me and she had her arms wrapped around her knees and she looked up and she said, what took you so long? And um, I sat with her and we talked for what felt like an eternity but it was probably just a couple of minutes because I was taken out of that moment by hearing um, two teenagers giggling. Uh, but in that conversation, I told her that I loved her, and but I couldn't keep going on protecting her. Yeah. And so that I had to leave her. And when I walked away from there and drove back to LA, I felt this feeling of that I was lighter, but there was still something not quite right. This is the longest story ever. I'm sorry. No, <laughs> um, please. I know this no. is. So there, thank there's you part for two. This. Yeah, no, there's part two to this. So I felt that there was something not quite right that wasn't full, but I just knew I was like, okay, well, you should feel lighter because now you're going to stop living this safe life and you're going to stop protecting her because I knew that I was holding her inside. And that's probably why I was overweight in my mind for me, keeping people at a distance, yeah. all of that. Five years later, so I went home and did what I did best, which is basically put everything in a drawer, put a nice red bow on it and go, okay. Five years later, I had this big heartbreak and I went off to Italy for the summer. I did the whole eat, pray, love thing. I'm like, I'm going to find myself and on the last day or one of the last days there in Italy, I was standing in this church 
which I fell in love with churches that summer, even though I'm Jewish. Um, <laughs> we and- choose like churches, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I was standing there and I was just closing my eyes. I used to love to go when the sun was first coming up and it would come through the stained glass windows. And I had my eyes closed and all of a sudden I heard this voice that said, you weren't supposed to leave her. You were supposed to love her. Wow. This is all written about in my book, but all of the details. But in that moment, as soon as I heard that, the flashback to Sedona came of sitting on that red rock with her, walking away from her. And I knew, and this was in 2013 now, I'm in Italy. I knew at that moment that I was supposed to start a relationship with that seven-year-old and to find my connection back to her and start living fully merged as her. That's courageous. That, how did you do that? (laughs) One messy step at a time. Yeah. Um, That just looked like every day honoring her, talking to her. Um, The thing that I tell everybody or anyone that asks or wants to listen, when you open yourself up or you're willing to heal and you are tuned in and you're listening it shows up the opportunities too. And one day at this shower thing is always with me, but this one day in the shower, I started crying again. And I said out loud as the seven-year-old self, all I wanted was just a hug. Mm. That day, I didn't want anyone to tell me how courageous I was. I didn't want anyone to tell me how strong I was. I didn't want anyone to tell me any of that. I just wanted someone to hug me and tell me that it was going to be okay. Mm. And so I heard a voice in the shower that said, so give her a hug. And right there, I wrapped my arms around myself and I squeezed myself. And that has become a daily, two times, because I take two showers a day, (laughs) two time daily practice every single day is to wrap my arms around myself, to say, I love you, to say, I got you, to say, what do you need? And every day I listen to her and every day I honor her. And that is how I have journeyed back. So you had to really face that seven-year-old sherry and go within and what advice do you give people who are struggling to face that that seven-year-old or whatever it is that they are scared to face and how do they even know like you knew it was your seven-year-old self but how does somebody know exactly what it is that is maybe hold let's just say holding them back from living their best life ever because fear mistrust and everything else that holds us back, how do you how do you take those steps to face it and become so self-aware? Well, the first thing I would say is what I just mentioned is the the willingness. Okay. Um, that's number one. I want to being able to say the words, I want to heal. I am ready for a new life or a new journey or to find myself because I truly and genuinely believe that with that willingness, what we immediately do is take this closed off part of ourselves and we open it. And when we open it, like those walls, they break down um, and the opportunities or the intuition, our gut feelings of what to do next. But the easiest thing that I say to people is when you wake up in the morning, instead of running and 
facing what all the day is going to bring and all the things that you have to worry about. I always started with just checking in with myself. I put my hand on my heart and go, how are you feeling today? And honestly, like that's a question that most of us don't really ask ourselves or check in with ourselves. We just go, 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 go. And that just questioning and sitting with how are you doing today? How are you feeling? And listening. Yeah, because people don't want to know. They don't. And I think the go, go, go. And I I don't know about you, but I felt like this during, well, after we all dealt with the pandemic and being Mm -hmm. quarantined for three months, and then everybody, and that's how we met each other, Mm -hmm. soon after that was, um, and then everybody was in a scurry to make up for that time. And quite honestly, I loved being in quarantine with my husband. I loved the quietness, the stillness, the not rushing to my fitness studio, not feeling like I had to be anywhere for anyone except for me and my husband and our dog. And I knew my daughters were okay with their significant others. And then all of a sudden things started opening up and people were like going crazy. I It was too much for me. And part of me just didn't want to, I just didn't want to know. And I think then I saw people going from boom to I don't want to face what's really going on in my life because so many relationships fell apart. So have you seen a with what you do and people you talk to? Have you seen a rise? Did you find that that time of life, the last three years, did affect people differently than you've seen in the past, maybe? 100% in both, as you said, ways that felt good for people and then that didn't. I also was one that thrived during the pandemic. And I mean, emotionally, like I also found that once everything slowed down, all of us, I didn't even realize that I was on that hustle that were like the going, going, going. Cause like I said, every day is a journey. It's messy and it's not perfect. And so I, it wasn't until everything slowed down that I could feel my entire nervous system go, Like I just exhaled and I was like, oh my God, like I had just gotten off this like train that felt like it kept going. And I loved, I loved that slow down because what it felt like was that I didn't have to like keep up with other people, that everybody was like on this same level playing field, like, and there wasn't anything to go and have to do. Right. Everybody had to jump off the gerbil wheel. Yes. So now with everybody getting, then they jumped back on and went faster than Ever Ever. before. And I think that maybe that was because they didn't want to look inward or maybe those who did look, right. Those who didn't want to look inward got out of a relationship or what's your take on everything that happened after, you know, we were allowed to be out and about. Yeah. So I think people like during that time, of course, like they were like forced to sit with themselves to look at their lives because everything slowed down. There was nothing to distract themselves with. And so as soon as you open up the doors and go, okay, go, people are like, oh, like out of this discomfort that they were all into then going and like filling themselves with all the distractions, because also people discovered stuff that they hadn't realized about themselves during that time. And so now people, I feel like it is, and, and I'm gl- not glad, but like that there's confirmation I'm not the only one that feels like everybody has jumped in like 10 speed, 100 speed and where they were before. And I think it's that thing because what ended up happening too is that then now there's new trauma. There's new trauma from what happened during the pandemic. And so it's that thing that people don't want to sit with that either because it is painful. And to go back to your question where you said, what advice do you have to give to people that don't want to sit with that? 
And the thing is, is that I always look at life back in hindsight. I think about all the things that I was afraid to face or that was really hard or challenging, scary, and how it has ultimately worked out better for me. And that's how when everything, when something comes knocking on my door and was like, hi, I'm here, like to give you, you know, to be like tough for you. I'm honestly, and this is so truthful, able to look at it and go, I don't know why you're here, but I already know that I'm going to grow because of you. And so with that, like, I just trust and it's trust, it's trust in myself. It's trust that I'm going to be able to move through this. And it's trust that whatever is waiting on that other side, when you decide to go within, it's much scarier in our heads than what it actually is, because what is waiting within is so much love is that little girl or that little boy that just wants to hug you and and be back with you it's love that's waiting for you yeah no thank you so much for for saying that so let's make a big pivot okay and let's talk about what you are doing now and your book and your show and what this second act of your life and how it's bringing you the greatest joy yes so as we talked about this journey, and it is a journey, um, and rediscovering and uncovering who I am and what I'm here to do, which is to fully be myself, period. And in that fully being myself is where I said the joy lies. Um, I have always felt that the world needs to be reminded of the good mm. because I've always seen it, even in even in the man who, the trauma that I experienced from him, I still always saw his good. And I've always wanted to shine a spotlight on the good in the world. So, um, you know, I wrote my book, which shared all about, it's a journey back to ourselves, like a, a road trip. Yeah. Um, and that has been really exciting uh, to, to have written that, to have gotten that all out there. And now I have a new television show coming out in the fall, as we said, called Good Morning Joy, where- Congratulations. Um, thank you. Thank you. Where I'm just going to be sharing good news, good news stories that are happening in the world, good people who are doing great things, and just really good fun. So if you imagine if Ellen and Oprah and you know Drew Barrymore all had a child, that's really what this is, because- um, I, I think that we all need to be reminded of the joy in not only in the world, but in ourselves. Yeah, we don't we don't allow ourselves, now that we understand what joy is more, that we don't allow ourselves to experience it or we feel like, well, no, 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 I'm not ready to experience that. Yeah, I'm I need permission. You mentioned that at the beginning of the show. I need permission. Um, to do things. I know for me, I was always a people pleaser. So I'm like, oh, is it okay for me to experience joy, happiness? Or do I need to still make sure that everybody else is taken care of? You know, and um, I think sharing this message and having your show is going to be a bright light. We need joyful shows where we're <laughs> just talking about the goodness in the world and of people because we do i mean i don't even watch the news anymore i'm sure you hear that from so many people that it's just it's a downer and it depresses you and that doesn't mean that you're avoiding or you're not aware of it i think that if you are aware of the fact hey listen this isn't good for my mental well-being so i'm going to step away from that right 
Absolutely true. And, and that's what I did because during those two years that we were all in lockdown, I think we were all attached to the news and it was attached mm -hmm. to fear and what is happening. And it, and after a while realizing that it did affect our mental health. And I also realized how much good stuff was also happening in the world at that time with people and how people were showing up and connecting with each other and the ways that they were supporting each other and just all of the beauty that was happening. And so I'm like, let's let's create something where we're just sharing in the beauty and you and you're right like people often feel like they need permission or they're not allowed to feel joy if someone else is suffering and i always say never has anybody helped somebody else by withholding their joy never has someone been saved never has a war stopped never has anything you know that that tragically is happening has gotten better because people are like no i'm not going to feel this joy. I'm not going to put it out there. And I have been criticized of that even during really hard times to put out putting out positive content as if I'm wearing rose colored glasses. And I'm like, no, I know that that is happening. But I also know that this is happening. And I'm choosing to focus on that. And it doesn't mean I don't care. Um, right. But it's I also know that there's someone who needs to hear this right now. And I, I feel like it's an attitude that you have to decide that you are going to lean into right and that if you if you choose to be the other way and i see it all the time with different people and the clients that i've had the mm -hmm. ones who are like like eeyore like the sky is falling and then there yep. are the people like oh, this can be great you know and you know i always go back to that balance let's find it in here somewhere somewhere yep. in in the messy middle but that's where we're going to be our most authentic selves and and if if it is joy and happiness and love and peace and balance that you're looking for <clears throat> stay away from the stuff that's going to make you sad and depressed absolutely and and i think that if people take anything away from today if what i am saying about joy is that joy is the full expression and connection of your true self which does include days feeling sad days feeling frustrated it's allowing yourself to fully be you and so I am not the person that says, oh, everything is wonderful and there are no challenges. My joy comes from giving myself the permission to experience life in its totality, but to not like set up a, a tent in right. the places, right? Like right. In, in the hard places. So you are sharing your joyful message and spreading the joy on your TV show. And you're also involved in media consulting. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah. So as, as we met, um, really being able, so what I did was during the pandemic, I invested really at the time into learning how to take my message of joy to get it out to a, a broader audience. And I was successful at that. There wasn't, and I, and people say, how did you do that? And I said, well, there was nothing else going on. So I like mm. went all in on learning how to get into the media. And now I am helping other people who have that same big heart centered message that want to change the world to be able to help them uh, be able to do that in bigger ways too. And because it feels like an extension of my joy, seeing them in their joy, being doing what they're so passionate and purposeful about being able to make a bigger impact. I love that. I love how you have just just created this life for yourself, this this wonderful life. And it takes a very strong person to do that. And I also appreciate your honesty and all of the stories that you've shared with us today. You know, it's not always easy. And we talked to the break, you know, a little, we both got emotional and uh, that's okay. That's okay. Because it just, we're reminded of like what we experienced 
and where we are now and how you can help other people. Um, so I have just one more question for you. Yes. And um, that is, what does it mean for you to be fearlessly authentic? For me, it means checking in with myself every day and honoring what it is that I am feeling and stepping out into the world, being fully myself, loving on myself, being kind to myself, because in turn, that feeling will translate to everybody else and give them the same permission to do the same. Thank you for sharing that. How, how can our listeners get in touch with you? Um, they can follow me on all social media at Sherry Elise. I'd love for them to connect with me on YouTube where they'll be able to watch the journey to Good Morning Joy. Uh, and they can go to my website, which has all my social media, which might make it easier to SherryElise.com. Okay. And I'm going to spell your name just because Sherry is okay. spelled and Elise is spelled differently. It's S-H-A-R-I-A-L-Y-S-E. And that's where you can find Sherry. Sherry, thank you so much for being on the show and sharing all of your your journey, your story, your joy, everything with us. I, I have enjoyed having you on the show so much. And I know that our listeners are going to learn so much. Oh, the name of your book again. Oh, Love Yourself Happy, A Journey Back to You. Okay. And I've read so much about it. It is It's a phenomenal book. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And for you, I just want to reflect back to you being fearlessly authentic and and brave to stand in your truth and be fully you every single day. Oh, thank you. I never get compliments at the end of the show, but thank you. I usually get them <laughs> off camera when we get off, but I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, I really do. Thank you. Thank you very much. And for everybody listening, thank you so much for joining us today on Fearlessly Authentic. And please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Check us out at Jody Harrison Bauer at the Fearlessly Authentic Podcast, those two places, and on YouTube. And until next week, go live your most fearlessly authentic week. And I'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in this week to Fearlessly Authentic. Please listen again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition with your host, Jody Harrison Bauer, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and unlock the keys to a more powerful you. 